Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. LMTP, Loman on the Totem Pole podcast. We are your tough love work friends talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer and frequent and chronic delegatee, Katie McDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius, and Diligent Delegation Expert, Heather MacArthur. Heather! We're back! We are back after a hiatus. <laughs> it's good to be back. I've missed chatting with you so much. I missed it too. I like the way you emphasize hiatus. Hi, it has been a hiatus. <laughs> That's great. Do we want to welcome to the show or do you want? I'm so sorry. <laughs> we're out of practice. <laughs> we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, welcome everybody. And thank you for, for tuning back in. We, we took a nice little summer break and I think Katie and I are back to, to rock and roll and, and get you guys you know, some good gems of wisdom and uh, some, some fun times and hopefully help everybody enjoy their job that much more. Absolutely. And I am excited to, uh, speaking of enjoying your jobs that much more, dive into today's topic, which of course, as we always do, uh, we tried to hint at the beginning, is going to be talking about delegation, what to delegate, who you choose to delegate to, when and where it is appropriate to delegate, how to do it right uh, by bringing people in rather than making people feel shut down in the process. Uh, this is a hot button one for me because I don't delegate, <laughs> so I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get some pointers. Um, I, starting with uh, the basics. So, Heather, when somebody comes to you and is asking you, well, I don't know, I seem to have a delegation issue or are identifying, you're identifying for them, uh, you don't seem to be moving enough stuff off your own plate. How is it that you uh, tell people, like, what do you choose to delegate and what do you keep with you? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because when, you know, some people will self-identify just like you and say, I, I don't delegate. <laughs> and um, others, it will be because, say, they're interested in taking on another role and everybody around them, usually when I'm speaking to them or their manager, the first thing they'll say is, they're not getting any work done through others. So mm. they're showing up as this like individual expert and they're, you know, how can we possibly elevate them into a role that maybe requires them to get work done through that many more people? 
and they can't do it with the people that they have right now. And so to, to, you know, a couple of things, I usually see people on the spectrum of it's either guilt to the spectrum of control. So mm. do you feel guilty? <laughs> I, I, I think I might be hitting on the sweet spot there. Possibly. Um, and, I, you know, I have the same thing, too. It's like, oh, I don't want to burden people uh, with my work or they're already so burdened, that type of thing. And then there's the control aspect of it. I don't trust that if someone else does it, that it'll be done well enough. And that's really uh, where someone has to be able to sit back for the for the guilt part of it what I tell people to do is imagine that you're going to be in a completely different role six months from now, and they're not going to backfill your position. You want to set your team up to be able to handle things so that when you're gone, that they're, they're equipped. And I came across this, I was quitting um, at my last internal job and I was going into consulting. So I had like nine months of runway. Um, My manager knew I was leaving. So I had these nine months and I realized You know, their times are tight. They're not going to backfill me. How do I set my team up? And I realized everything I started to do, I should have been doing all along, that it was ridiculous that they weren't part of meetings and taking on things. And that, you know, whether I wanted to move on to this role of consulting or say I wanted to move up into a new position, it would have been the right thing to do to do that instead of feeling guilty, like, oh, I don't want to burden them. You're actually inhibiting them from developing their own career. Hmm. On the other side, if it's the control thing of, well, I don't, I don't trust that they can do it, uh, this is a little bit of that temperature test. The further up you go in an organization, the broader your scope of your responsibility, the more you have to handle the pressure of n- not being able to control what other people do, but be able to work through the heat of people's mistakes, of things not happening when you expected them to, and just basically all those things that you can't control and predict, to be able to sit in that heat, keep people calm, and guide them into the next direction. So if you can't delegate, say, to your admin um, to take on some of the work, how could you possibly be in charge of 200 people, 2,000 people? It, it Delegation really is that pressure test for whether or not you're really equipped to, you know, be a leader of others. Wow. Okay. So I want to drill into that a little bit because uh, this is, I am not describing me. I am describing a uh, close friend here. Uh, I, I swear. I promise. <laughs> Um, somebody who is very effective at being what he calls a player coach. So uh, he feels that he is leading effectively while continuing to be in on everybody's role so that he knows what he is asking them to do. Um, and for all intents and purposes, it seems to be going really well. But what would you say to somebody who says, well, I delegate kind of as a player coach, where I still have my hand in everything that everybody's doing, uh, but... I am, but I'm still like giving them runway and, and letting them learn new skills. Yeah, it's, it's tough because um, I've got a couple of things to say on that because I'm, I'm actually somebody who learns by doing. So, uh, it's, you know, when, when there's new things that come along, I want to learn it and then it's easier for me to hand off. But the reality is um, it's, it just depends on a couple of things. How far do you want to go up and how much responsibility the CEO can't have their hands in what the front line is doing to the same level and extent. Now, every episode of Undercover Boss, the moral of the story is, you know, wear a mustache and no one knows who you are. But, uh, you know, it's also you're not talking to your, you don't have a hand enough in what's going on in the front end of the business to really understand what's going on in the business. So there's a level of, yes, you've got to be in touch, 
but two, you, you know, depending on the scope of what you want to be in charge of, you're not going to have the luxury of being able to have your, your hands in that. You've got to find different ways to be in touch with things and to keep your finger on the pulse. Now, if you're looking to stay in, say, a frontline manager role, then that's highly doable. You could do that player coach thing. Um, I just go back to most people will delegate work. They do not delegate ownership. And that's where I think in delegation where it tends to fail because it's a little bit like you keep this person in driver's ed. So in driver's ed, you've got the teacher who's sitting there with that little break on the passenger seat. So you kind of know that no matter what, you're not going to get yourself into an accident because, you know, they can they can hit the brakes whenever they want to. Um, ownership is when there's no one else in the car with you and you're the one that has to make sure that that car gets to the safe destination. And I find that like that that control aspect is if the person doesn't ever feel like they have ownership of something, then they're just regurgitating what you're doing. But when you're not there, do they have the creative problem-solving skills to understand not just how you do it, why it's done, what's it supposed to deliver, uh, how could it possibly improve, and then they start to own it and make it their own, and they might do it in ways that you never even thought of or weren't capable of, because I could tell you there's things that I've done, or people will tell me, like, no, that's not, that's not possible, that can't be done, or it'll take too long, and I'm like, oh, well, I can whip this out in a day. Hmm. And so it's different, but then I've also had employees where I, I, you know, I might, I try to be thoughtful about that as I hand them the work and I try to emphasize, this is the result we need and why we need it. How do you think you should approach it? And because I, I'm, I really want to tap into their brain and their creativity and the fact that they look at things differently than me, um, because ideally they, they find a better way to do it than the way that I do it. Um, and what I want also we talked about this briefly last year when we talked about influence, but I want them at a level of commitment. And when we think about it, about commitment, commitment is I'm putting energy and discretionary effort towards something and creativity. And what I find is a lot of managers want people to be in compliance, meaning come in, do the job, do it the way that I told you to, but the person's doing just enough to avoid getting in trouble versus commitment is this is mine. I own it. You know, think about like when you own your own house versus renting it. It's like, I'm going to make it the best it could possibly be. I want a good return on investment. When you're renting, as I'm, I'm doing now, um, <laughs> it's like, well, it's not my thing to fix. You know, it's like, yeah, if I have to pay for it at the end of it, I'll make sure that I'm going to avoid doing anything that's going to cause me to lose my rental deposit. But I'm not looking at ways to improve the home. It means nothing to me. And that's basically what you've got when you put, you've got your hands a little too deep in the pockets there. Right. And your renters know they can always call in the landlord to fix the broken toilet. So you yeah. are perpetually the landlord fixing the broken toilet if you don't give empowerment opportunities with the delegation. Absolutely. Okay. I hear you. I like <laughs> that. That's, uh, I, I'm thinking your, so your driver's ed analogy has like struck me deep because I was traumatized <laughs> by the little, the little brake pedal. <laughs> <laughs> that my driver's ed teacher had on the side. Um, but I love that the empowerment uh, analogy kind of being, okay, what if you allow your employee to even choose the route? This is where we're trying to go. This is the destination. This is where we're all headed as, you know, as a team, as a department, as an organization. But if you go ahead and map out the route, you're going to feel more comfortable and more empowered with the way you choose to get there and how safely and what risks you're willing to take. And yeah, you're more invested in the outcome and you're more on on guard um, 
because you feel ownership over more of the process. Yeah, you have to balance, you know, like I, I, you know, that's a good discussion to have in the beginning is where's this person's experience level and how much assistance that they need um, in the beginning so that they don't feel completely abandoned. But I tend to, I do tend to push on the side of, I'm looking to see that they can learn to trust their judgment. So if I've got someone who's really resistant to see me go, so they want, they want feedback every, every turn, every corner, how am I doing? How am I doing? What I get is, they need some help developing that sense of can they trust their judgment? Can they trust their skills? So I don't tend to answer their questions. I have them come in with what do they think the issue is? What have they done so far to solve it? And what do they think I'm going to do? And I let them know this is about trying to train their brains so that they can start to sense that they've actually got a pretty good gauge on things. And in the beginning, I might have to, you know, and I tell them, you know, they'll sit there and like, well, I don't know. You That's why I'm here. Just answer the question. And they get frustrated and I'm like, I don't even care if you make something up, hmm. but I just want to see where your brain is going because I'm really, really developing decision making versus I'm just delegating this process that I'm having someone else do in a really thoughtless manner. And so, you know, getting that up there, if I've got someone who's, I trust my judgment and I don't care and I don't need anybody's feedback. Yeah, I need to stay involved a little bit and I need to make sure that, okay, are we aligned? It's mm-hmm. not so much that I don't trust you, but I need to make sure that we're aligned. Everybody comes in with a different way of looking at things. And so are we on the same page about at least why this matters, what we're really trying to do? And then the how, um, I find that that usually is there's more room, wiggle room there. But I try to take the person's development level as well as their, their, their confidence levels and set them up for success. That whatever attitude they're coming in with, it doesn't shoot them in the foot. So I love that you're bringing up development level and confidence level. I'm wondering if you also have any insight into matching delegated tasks to your employee base's skill set. Like, where is the line that you draw with, okay, well, I know that uh, Cindy loves uh, loves writing. So when I have communications to draft, I'm going to ask her to do this. I, I have, you know... Uh, Bob is really great at organization, so I'm going to have him create a, a flow chart for, you know, whatever it is. Um, are you looking in a delegating opportunity to stretch somebody beyond their uh, their original skill set? Or are you just kind of like, okay, this is the best place to plug and play? No, I mean, and, and that's the first and foremost, um, when someone starts working with me within the first month, and, and I think we touched on this last year too, but uh, within the first month, and then one, at least once a year, we have an hour discussion, and it's what I call the motivation conversation. And I want to understand what are they up to, what do they want to make an impact on, where where are they engaged, where are they disengaged, and why. And the more I understand what makes them tick, I, I leverage delegation as often as possible to feed what it is that they're trying to accomplish with their career. So that this is my way of, because this is honestly the common, th- most common thing that I see in companies when they do employee engagement surveys is people go, I don't know where the growth is. Hmm. And that's honestly because companies just aren't traditional anymore. They don't have these little stepping blocks of you do this for two years, you move up. And everyone's in this kind of, you know, high school, grade school, college thing of I do well, I'm supposed to move up a grade. And they apply that to their career. But with organizations being flatter and flatter, people show up at the job and they go, well, I don't see where my growth is. And what they don't realize is it's not going to be the traditional title. It's going to be how do you create demand for what you do and create a need for the position that, that does that. And it may be vertical. It may be horizontal. But so I, I like to do those career conversations to help figure out what do I delegate to them so that they're 
growing in their capacity to make an impact in the way that they want to. Now, sometimes stuff just shit's just got to get done. Right. And, you know, I'm going to give it to the people that I think it makes sense based off of, I've already tried to prioritize their career goals. Now I'm prioritizing the department's efficiency and productivity. And um, so sometimes you're going to get what you get. And I've had that too, where I've gotten things that, you know, it's, it's delegated to me. And I just want to make sure that I have a discussion with my manager of why is this being delegated? And if it's to, look, we need, we need extra hands in the team. Can you take this on? Um, great. If it's, I just wasn't even thinking about it. I'm just giving it to you. And I've had people give me at one point, my manager wanted to delegate to me all the logistics of the department, which it has a huge budget tied to it. So a lot of people were kind of scraping for it because oddly enough, it would elevate your role in the organization because you've got this large budget that you run. And I just, I was very aware that one, there was someone else on the team way more amazing than I was at that stuff and eager to do it. And I, I go a year from now, I run logistics and either you fire me because I've done such a, a job that I've stripped it of all its, its need for budget because people <laughs> are just showing up in tents with bubble gum. <laughs> or I quit because the amount of, you know, the way that they ran the logistics, like this was, you know, everything, there was a, quite a bit of event detail around it. It was like planning a wedding every time they're doing an executive offsite. Oh. And I'm like, the person who's doing this is a very different skill set than what I, you know, like there's, I, I can earn the bang for the buck, but not here. Like that's mm. just not where my genius is. And there's, you know, there's people on the team. Now, if she came back to me and said, look, there's no one on the team. I need you to do this. I wouldn't just drop the ball. I would do it, but I would also be actively searching for people who happen to love this kind of stuff. Because a lot of times you want to, I always say like you, you, you want to find somebody who's passionate about something and has some sort of raw talent over years of experience or degrees or certifications because the love and the passion will, will invite creativity in a way that no degree or certification can do. So um, that's, that's where I look to, to balance it. But it's a, it's a little bit of, you know, start with what they're at, look to see what's really needed in the, in the department and, you know, make sure that there's some passion to it. But if it's, if it, if it's, they're not passionate about it, but it would help them deliver more on what they really, really want to do. Then we make sure that I'm clear about why I'm pushing them outside of their comfort zone. Whew. That's a, that's a pretty complex matrix. That's almost, that's almost like Tinder swiping. Like, okay, this person is matching <laughs> with me on, uh, on this level of, uh, of passion and investment, but they do not have the skills that we need to get this done in the time frame that we have on this department right now. That's a, it's a lot of balls in the air or a lot of places. It is. And I, you know, balls it's, in place. It's, it's, <laughs> 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 Juggling balls is my thing. Um, but, uh, Sorry. Um, not, not sorry. But, yeah, sorry, um, not sorry. <laughs> I had the side note here. I was, I was on a Instagram feed and there's one and she, she said, um, with the, the, the artist, uh, Lizzie. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yes. Lizzie? So anyways, I have to, I have to reference her because it was like this businesswoman's like, uh, Instagram feed. And it said, I really need to start liking myself more. I feel like I'm letting Lizzie down. <laughs> so Lizzie or is it Lizzo? I feel like I'm like. Lizzo. Right, Lizzo. Lizzo. I could, could be keep me more old and out of oh date. <laughs> you and me both. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we're all we're all trying to uh, make sure that Lizzo's proud of us. Yes, she's. And I was like, I'm letting her down too. Like, I, need to, <laughs> I need to get myself together. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, I don't want to, uh, delegation's not this uh, major, um, I don't want to turn it into too complex, but I also want people to get like, you should be this thoughtful about it. I think too many times people go, oh, it's just what's overflowing my desk and how do I get it off my desk? And that's Mm -hmm. not delegation, that's hiring a contractor. And if you've got people who are reporting to you, you absolutely should be uh, uh, analyzing, you know, where, where are the people trying to go? Where's the business trying to go? And how do I line that up? And if you think about it, you're developing those strategic skills, or should I say strategery, which is like Katie's favorite word in the whole wide world. Strategery is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) but you're developing that, and if you if you have eyes on wanting to move vertically in an organization, you have to know how to manage out and through others strategically. And the idea that you think that that's just too much of a hassle, to me, that's the first sign of, and that's the litmus test, that moving vertically is not your job. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what your calling is, and there's probably something else that's calling for you that you would do really, really well that's still significant. But if you're going to move up vertically and have people reporting to you, you really have to think about how do I get good at delegating in a way that develops the people that report to me and develops the business. Right. And not just is less things on my to-do list, fewer things on my to-do list. Let's be grammatically accurate about it. So I want to flip the script a little bit and ask about the proper etiquette as a delegatee because I am on the other side of this equation. Mm. Uh, very frequently uh, in not just the role I'm in currently, but like historically, that's kind of how it rolls. Uh, I am I have no interest in being a people manager. And so I am always one of the uh, super game and ready to rock uh, employees on the team uh, that gets things handed to me sometimes in a really uh, I love your analogy, Heather, you always use this analogy of how do you package your ask? How do you package your information in a beautiful (laughs) Tiffany's box or are you just throwing a a cardboard box that a cat pissed on? (laughs) First of all, I I don't know if I've ever said package your ask because I think I would have said package your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that too. (laughs) I mean, both of those are pretty much critical. Critical. (laughs) The right pants and uh, the right way to communicate. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Uh, <laughs> a good pantsuit will handle everything. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I've I've had things delegated to me where I could tell that uh, my manager was very thoughtful about both my skill set and where my passions lie and uh, found things that were going to help him or her, but also make sure that I was fulfilled and, and really energized by what I was doing. And then there is the stuff like your logistics example. Uh, I get asked to party plan a lot. That is not my deal. Um, (laughs) I will be the clown, but please don't ask me to hire the clown. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to keep that one. (laughs) I don't know that that's necessarily the most uh, business-oriented way of explaining that. I like that. No, I will be the clown, but please don't ask me to hire the clown or locate the clown for that matter. (laughs) Right. Tell the clown where to be on what day. I don't have that. I don't know. None of that. Right. You know, and I, I think this is where there's two things that come into, into play here is really thinking about, and I, I know this word gets overplayed and people kind of think it's kitschy, but really thinking about your brand, which is basically, do people know what to leverage me the most for and get the most bang for their buck? And, you know, how do I 
market that this is really where you get the bang for the buck. And what I find it, and I'm tested with this too, as a consultant, is people will go, hey, do you do this? And, you know, there's very little that I probably couldn't put my mind to and do. But as a friend of mine had pointed out to me when I first got back out into consulting, I, I did a, a class on, I forgot what even the topic was, but it was a little bit more like policy and procedure. And afterwards, she was like, look, everybody's happy, but I know what you've done when it's like the Heather show or whatever. Hmm. And she's like, you know, just don't get so desperate for work that you're taking things that actually are hurting, you know, the strength of your brand. And she's like, it's not, it's not like you did anything. People kind of went like, oh yeah, it was a good class. She's like, but then it doesn't make it sound like what you do is very unique. It's like you were just another consultant that came in versus when I've come in and done things like conflict or career and I'm on fire and it's like, oh, this is what she does. That's a very different thing. And so being thoughtful about how do I manage some of that? So one, do people even know, do you know what it is that you think most people should leverage you for to get really good return on investment? Do other people know what that is? Do you talk about it? Do you share it? Do you keep, you know, when I got that delegated to me about the logistics thing, I just had a conversation with the manager and her and I got along great. But what I understood was I don't think she know. I think she was doing this because she was trying to give me the budget and elevate my role in the department. And I had to come talk to her and say, you know, hey, this is actually what I'm about. You put me on logistics, you get a really low return on investment. And, and I'll do, you know, I'll probably strip it of most of its detail because I don't run things with a lot of detail and a lot of complexity. I like things simple, clean, and done. And I'm like, if that's the kind of logistics you want, that's great, but you're going to get very minimal things. And, you know, that's not what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing that you want this on a grand scale. You want to bring somebody in who thinks that way and who, who wants to do that way. And there's risk because, you know, yeah, I didn't get the budget, you know, put into my role. Did that, do I feel like that slowed me down? Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I just, I was like, I don't, I don't want to build my success off of doing things that I, I'm not all that passionate about especially if there's other opportunities for me to grow. But I didn't turn down the work and go, I'm too good for it. I, right. I, I didn't think that at all, but I, I didn't make it like, oh, I don't do logistics. I also didn't opt out as in saying, I won't do this. I just asked, is this because you think this is actually supporting my development or are, do you just really need someone to do this? Because I'll, I'll pull one for the team. I'm not going to turn down work because it's if the team needs it. Right. But, um, but yeah, having that role. And I think sometimes people don't feel comfortable. You can't say no to the boss. And, and I, 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 I'm like, I'm never saying no, I'm going to solve the problem for them. If they're looking to get this done, then I'm paying attention to who's on the team, who's talented on the team. What do they care about? They don't just report, not even just the people who report to me, my peers, like I pay attention to those things. So that when situations like this come up, I can already have a solution for the manager of mine because this manager just wants the stuff done. Mm-hmm. And if if I can figure out what's a better better way or a better path to go, then then I suggest that. If there's no other path and I'm taking it on, then I just manage those expectations. I can absolutely take this on. I can see why this is needed. What's the main thing you want to make sure gets delivered here? What do you want to not see happen? That's my little way of doing a little bit of a managed expectations thing. And uh-huh. then and then I keep my, because then, because the, the truth of the matter is, is I'm, you know, if they're giving me stuff that I'm not the master on. It's just not, you know, and I, I'll even share, like, I, personally, I see this as this level of priority, but I have all this other work that I see as a priority. Does that match with you? The other side of it, and I just coached with someone today, is that if they're delegating stuff to you and it's like a fire hose, 
then you have to sit back there and go like, I'm fine taking this on. Here are the things that would have to be put on the back burner for us to be able to achieve this. I don't say, I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough time because that always sounds like the whiner's response. But what right. I, I, instead I, I consulted as like a business owner who just says, if, you know, like if someone wants to come in and remodel their entire house and they only budget $5,000, it's like, okay, we can do the bedroom completely and then the rest of the house will stay the same. Or what could happen with that is we can remodel the lighting in the entire house. Which one feels like a priority to you? But I don't go like, I don't have enough. There's no way I can do this for $5,000 because that's just me showing like I can't handle pressure. Right? You got to property brothers it. You got to go in and be yeah. like, all right, <laughs> do you want a new banister and some new cabinets or do you want a whole nice new, uh, yeah, entryway? Uh, yes, no, I got exactly. you. Yeah, prioritization. So don't say no. But set expectations about what you are bringing to the tasks that are being assigned to you or being asked of you. Packaging the ask. Uh, Packaging the ask. (laughs) (laughs) The ask got. (laughs) But no, that's a, it, it can be an uncomfortable, both of those can be uncomfortable chunks of conversation to have. But if you know yourself and you really are investing in your brand, you know what you're bringing to each of these tasks. At the back of your head, you don't have to say this, but you can think, why did you hire me? Is this what you hired me for? You know what you got hired for. If you really think about it, what did you bring into the, uh, you know, what were you bringing into that first few conversations with your hiring manager? What have you brought to the team where people have been like, wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that. That's what you were hired to do. That's where your passion most likely is. That's where the opportunities lie for you as far as like being able to leverage and launch into new skills from those platforms. So keeping in the back of your mind, I think, check me where I'm wrong, but keeping in the back of your mind, the, you want me to party plan? I will do it, but here's what's going to have to go on the back burner. Here are the deliverables that I'm currently responsible for. Where do you want to prioritize what is delivered and when? And this isn't, I'm not great at this. You don't ever want to say, <laughs> I'm, I, how, help, me, help me phrase that better. Help me package that, uh, that comment. I'm not great at party plan. <laughs> I, I, but I, I think that's, that's honestly, that's part of it is I just say like, look, this isn't my major strength. That's not where my passion is. And, um, so there's, there's people it, it, and, and usually what I point out to them is, is like during your performance reviews and stuff like that, I try to discuss with the, with the manager, you know, what I tend to see in even my self reviews, I'll write, you know, here's where I see as a strength for me, where I have opportunities. So I'll tell people out of the gate, even when they interview, interview me like the reality is when it comes to tracking a lot of little logistical details or things that are dates times names um a lot of that data my brain just doesn't latch on to however on the flip side of that i can handle navigating gray areas and nebulous situations uh where people are like it takes nuance and there's no black and white answer i thrive in those situations but it's the very fact that i thrive in those situations that, of course, I'm not as great with tracking the black and white detail. And <laughs> right. I think, you know, people aren't realistic of like, no, we want you to be really great with details, but then also know how to handle the gray area. It's like, no, there's people's skills in different places. And I think, you know, and I want to throw this out here, that if you're in the beginning of your career and, you know, you're working somewhere and you're doing work that's like, this is not what I'm passionate about, but I've got to, you know, do my time until I can kind of earn the credits to, to be where I, I need to be, mm-hmm. then 
just take on everything that you possibly can because you're trying to absorb information and take on responsibility. Even if in that particular company, they're not going to reward you for it, you're taking on broader scopes of responsibility and you just hungry, hungry hippo it. But at some point, <laughs> you've that. got to start to, yeah, you've got to start to carve out what you bring to the table. And I, I, did, I think sometimes earlier in your career, I couldn't say that like I knew what I brought to the table and what my skill and passion was. I had little inklings of, you know, but I, t- I mean, I just by looking at the jobs that I took, you know, I could go like, well, even some of my job choices, going into the military, being a Russian linguist, it's like you're on a computer and you're tracking information the entire time. I'm talking about a job that mouth over here is not good at. <laughs> and I'd get in trouble for like, you know, in the middle of the night, bringing my Cosmo magazines and talking to all the Navy SEALs and be like, oh, what's your style, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean... <laughs> These weren't my strengths, that. but like that's, yeah, I mean, can you imagine having to have me as, as someone who's like under your charge and all I want to do is talk about people's feels and emotions. And the job after that, I was in call center credit collections. The, the whole point is to keep people on the phone and all I wanted to do, I would, I would be the reason that my team would get in trouble, not my team, but because during my coaching sessions, I'd want to go deep and I'd want to hang out and I'd want to talk and I'd want to find out what they're thinking. They're like, it's a call center, get them back on the phone. So it's like, though, but I had to do my time and I, I, those jobs were all jobs that built towards something, but like, you have to have a little humility about where you're at. But as you start to really get like, this is what I do well, this is what I want to get paid for. then you have to have the balls to say, this is what I want to get paid for. And this is what I don't want to get paid for. And that might mean not getting the job. That might mean not getting promoted in that particular department. And you have to be ready for that. And I think I've, I, I think it's always panned out well for me in the end and in the long game, but in the short time, short term, I've had to sacrifice and give up stuff. But I, I think that set me up instead of just being a sponge and letting people put me where they wanted. I, you know, I got to carve and carve things out. And when people say to me, "Wow, you're so good at this," what I know is, well, that's partially because I tried to create a, a, an environment or a career where eighty percent of what I do is the stuff I love already so that the energy is going to come back to me and 20%. Yeah. I got to try, I got to balance it. I can't be completely non detail oriented, but I don't want my job to be 80% detail oriented. Right. Cause the, the detail orientation, you can dial that up when you need to in the service of the thing that actually does energize you. You've got that toolbox in your reserve. Okay. I've got to be detail oriented and really drill down on the compliance codes that I have to, uh, compile for this set of data that's going to go into this presentation. Cause I am really energized about getting this team, uh, you know, jazzed about, you know, collaboration on this issue. So you drill down because your energy uh, is going to be served by the thing that you're having to do in the short term to serve that. That doesn't necessarily give you the energy you're looking for. Agreed. I want to go back uh, just a half step to where you said you may not be at a point in your career where uh, you know that's not what you hired me for. And that's absolutely fair. You might not be, you might not have the chutzpah to (laughs) go up and say, uh, I know why you hired me and that's not it. Um, But there, there is always an opportunity to, uh, to set the level, right? To set expectations by saying, I am excited to take on this project. This is very new to me. Here's the stuff I don't know about it, but I'm willing to research. If you call out as the delegatee, 
hey, I'm not t- entirely sure. Can I come back to you with questions when I get to this point? Or are you comfortable with me researching this? Because I got to tell you, I don't know it yet. That sets expectations for your performance later on. That actually is doing you a huge favor on the back end. I agree. I think it's just, you know, it's setting people up to know what the reality is about what you can bring to the table. And you figuring out, you know, because I, I, I tend to go like, oh, I figure things out on my own pretty well. But, you know, but for you to set up like, this is the area that I, I'm not so sure on. This is, uh, this is the area that I, I, you know, I would like a little help on. The other thing to just kind of caution yourself with is they may be delegating to you because they don't know how the hell to do it. So, mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind because you're like, I want to come back to you for help. And if you know for a fact that this person can't help you, um, you know, then I, I want to be able to reach out to other departments for help, like getting cleared the way so you can talk to the people who are actually going to be able to help you. That's a good call. That's an excellent call. Yeah. Be, be, uh, have your antenna up for why this particular thing is being delegated to you in the first place. Exactly. Well, I feel more confident going into my next delegation session. Uh, <laughs> this has been fabulous as always. Um, and we want to hear from you out there now that we're back in action. Uh, if you have a delegation question, either as a delegator, delegator, doesn't that sound like a, like a Voltron or a He-Man, uh, <laughs> <character>? <laughs> delegator. <laughs> Sounds Italian. Delegator. <laughs> delegator. Uh, <laughs> guess what this episode is going to be called. Uh, <laughs> delegatory. Uh, there's going to be an accent and everything. Like, like mama, like mama used to make. Oh gosh, I think I'm I'm bordering on offensive, so I'm going to shut this whole accent thing down. I'm honestly just doing the Three's Company oh. episode where he. <laughs> do you remember Jack? Well, see now this dates us completely, but Jack Tripper and the guy comes in and he's gangster and he like wants. Uh, uh, and clams like mama used to make and so every I love and clams and every time we go out to eat Don, uh, Don and I he'll make fun of me because I'll be like like mama used to make <laughs> he knows it's coming if you order it <laughs> I love it yes yes okay well if you want some linguine and clam sauce or if you have a question or a story that you want to share that has to do with what we talked about today or you're interested in uh in having us uh verge into a new topic i uh, just want to tell us what you think discuss something that's on your mind tweet us at lmtp consulting message us on instagram low man on the totem pole all one word or email us lmtp podcast at gmail.com we look forward to talking to you again soon so we're moving to a monthly format so it's going to be a little while between uh, sessions but that gives us time to kind of uh re-up our genius heather's genius has always uh got vast reserves but i need to recharge on a monthly basis <laughs> and i need to learn Lizzo's name. <laughs> we'll be doing research in the month <laughs> yeah other than disappointing her on my lack of self-esteem compared to her but i'm also disappointed her that no! i get her name right <laughs> all right well thanks for hanging with us we're looking forward to bringing you the next topic next month and we will talk to you next time bye-bye bye
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.